This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. When, when Pastor Kathy asked me if I wanted to take this week, I said, I'll let you know. But I knew I was supposed to, but I just didn't have anything in particular. I had things running through me. I just didn't know how to hone it down. And so Sunday, it still wasn't honed down, but I told her, I know I'm supposed to take tonight. Oh, so I just thought, you know, I kind of still, I was like, I don't know how to start. So I'm going to just start sharing with you and the Holy Spirit will just take it and flow it out. So, so the last several days I've just had, we're in, we're in such an interesting time and I am so, I thank the Lord I was born for such a time as this. I thank him. I mean, there's sometimes I wish I was born in different eras just to experience the era. But the fact that he chose me to be here and there's so much craziness going on in the world, but I'm planted right here to deal with it because I know, I know who he is and I know who I am. And so therefore I have the capacity in what he has called me to do to deal with it. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me something. <laughs> she pointed at me and I was like, oh, you have something to say? Um, and so it's, 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 there's such a transition time. And, and with all the stuff going on around you, and it may not always look good and everything, I'm telling you we are in the shift right now. Things are shifting. This is the shift. That there is a shift going on, and it is the shift that God is using to bring revival, bring reformation, bring a changing of people's minds, to bring his presence here, to shift some things that we aren't seeing right now, to shift in unity, to shift in peace, to shift in righteousness. He is, this is the shift. And so you're living at an incredibly historic time right now. Incredibly historic. That's why I don't ever feel like, oh, I can't, I don't know why I live right now. You live here for a reason and a purpose. And it is historic. So there's never been a time like this before. And you're here to help pull in the shift. And so, so I had all these different things going through me. And I was listening online last week. Um, to a, a conference that was going on. And um, I just ha- I'll just tell you the worst. So the words I had going through me is truth. God's truth. Because I can't stand the phrase, you live your truth. Well, yeah. there is one, there's a lot of people that are not living the truth. <laughs> they think they're living their truth. But this is the difference for us. This is the truth. And when these are solidified on the inside of us, we live the truth unless we don't yield ourselves to the truth, then we're living our own truth, which is not the truth. So, you know, when we, when we learn to live the truth, then we're able to influence, right? So I just had that word going through me. What's the other words? There was, there was a few. Um, I had truth, courage, courage, because it's a time to be courageous, it is a time to be courageous. There's a lot of things happening right now, whether we agree with them or not. A lot of people are taking a stand. And it takes courage to do it. Sometimes it takes courage. You know, if you're, if you're new to God and new to worship, sometimes it takes courage just to lift your hands and worship. And so, you know, there's, courage is, is relative to us individually and what God is telling us to do. But there is something happening where even in the church, we have to be courageous. We ha- I had to step out in my own courage tonight because I wasn't exactly sure where am I going? Where do you want to go? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> one of the words going through me is courage. So I'll just be courageous and I'll just tell them what's going on inside of me and we'll go. And so, you know, it's, it's a time to be courageous because the name of our church is living faith and faith is risky and riskiness takes courage. And when you have courage, you will walk out in riskiness, which means you will walk out in faith. That's, that's the whole thing. So risk was another word, uncomfortable, because we're living in a very uncomfortable time. And I feel like the shift that God is, is he's wanting the church to rise, not just our church, the church as a whole, to rise up and be who he's called us to be. And it can be uncomfortable. Because we're not used to being courageous in certain ways, and we're not used to taking risks. 
So it can be very uncomfortable. And then the other word that was running around in me was intimacy. Well, intimacy can be very uncomfortable too, because it's not just intimacy with God, but it's intimacy and vulnerability with people around us because we are the body of Christ. Doesn't mean we're like that with everybody. You have to be wise who he connects you with and who you open up to. You have to be really wise about that. But he does set people around you that you'll be able to trust and be open and intimate with. So all of that was going through me. And so then, so then I'm like pondering that. And then Monday um, evening, I was um, on, I was online watching, I think I was watching one of the conference episodes from last week. Anyway, it went off. And so um, this other video came on, it said it was live and it was at Eagle Mountain International Church in Dallas, which is Kenneth Copeland's church. He doesn't pastor it, but his son-in-law does, George Pearson's. Well, they had a guest speaker, Mark Hankins. So it was in the middle of it. And so I thought, well, let me see what's going on. Oh my goodness. It was just my, it was my type of thing. He was speaking on the joy and the power of the Holy Spirit. And when I caught it, he just started going out to minister to people. And some of you may be new to this. Some of you have been around a long time and you've felt the joy of the Lord and you've seen people roll around laughing and everything. And some of you may not have. And so, and so, I mean, he, if you're familiar with Kenneth Hagin from back in the 80s and 90s and stuff, it was just like a Kenneth Hagin. He used to do that. And he just, he was so, here's the deal. He was so filled with the Holy Spirit and that's the way the Holy Spirit was moving. He just started walking, bam, lap, bam, you know, not hitting people, but you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. that, you know, not, not. Bam. <laughs> but, uh, well, because some people don't know, because some people see things on TV or they've sat in service and they really do think that the pastors knock the people down. And so it's, it's a valid thing to clarify. And so, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, um, anyway, he's going through, it's like an hour and I'm laughing hysterically. I'm texting Grace. I said, you got to turn this on. So we're texting back and forth in the middle of it all. And just, you see, you know, when it happens, you see all the different kinds of, um, manifestations that with the Holy Spirit has on people and they're just different. I mean, he would touch one guy and get up and, and you knew he wasn't making it up because he shot up and did a dance that you just can't really do if you're thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, you just can't, and you you wouldn't do if you were thinking about it. And, you know, just different things. I mean, the guy was, you know, he, he touched somebody, he touches one guy on the head and the power of God's on him. And he's just shaking, shaking, shaking. Like, you know, I'm trying to be kind of clarify some things because I don't know that everybody has seen these things. And so, um, you can tell when you watch it, as strange as it might look, that it's the power of God. And because he comes in his fullness, and if we don't box him in, we just don't know how he's going to manifest himself, right? And so, you know, because you remember back in Jesus's day, they were looking for a, a real king. And so they didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah because they had their paradigm of what they were looking for. And so therefore, when he came, they're like, well, you don't fit our paradigm. So therefore, you're not it. And he was everything. <laughs> I mean, to say he wasn't it was just ludicrous. <laughs> we, we have a joke about ludicrous. So anyway, <laughs> so, so anyway, so we don't know how he's going to manifest himself, right? So, so anyway, so then I added joy to the whole thing, you know, so now I've got this list of things and it's ending up in joy. And then last night I laughed hysterically with some friends and it was like an all night thing. So I literally feel like I've been laughing for like 72 hours. And so I'm like, which is fine with me because I love it. I absolutely love to laugh. And oh, so I forgot to tell you this. So Monday night I'm watching the Meyer Kinkins videos. So my parents are in Oklahoma and they watch all this stuff. And so I text my mom and I said, are you laughing? And she said, no. <laughs> which made me laugh even harder. And then I, she said, are you? And I said, hysterically. And she said, well, I did some. So I call her towards in the video. And my mom is like me, like she laughs, right? And so 
I called her and I was like, why aren't you laughing? She goes, well, I did a couple of times. I said, I laugh just watching people laugh. I mean, it didn't even have to be the Holy Spirit. It's just, I think it's funny. And so anyway, something, which then just made me laugh. So then I started laughing. So she started laughing. So we spend like a couple minutes laughing hysterically and it's all funny and everything. And then she kind of peters down and I'm still going. And she goes, that's all. And so I started laughing and I said, you can't have a laugh-a-mometer. And I was like, you can't stop the laugh-a-mometer. Yeah. It's like so many people like, because I'll keep laughing. And, you know, there's just no, sometimes people just have an end to their laughter. And it's like, I don't understand that because I can keep going on and on and on until it finally fades away, which could take a long time. So... All of that is going through me, right? All of the stuff. And it's all part of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit because part of the shift that he's doing right now, it takes joy. It's going to take the truth. It's going to take courage. It's going to take risk. It's going to take being uncomfortable. It's going to take intimacy and it's going to take joy because we're just in a day and age. You got to have the joy. I mean, there, it's so th- things aren't even logical right now. There's no logical sense. You can take spirit out of everything that's going on. There's no, it's not even logical. So you got to have joy. I mean, you have to be able to laugh and have a good time. Every night, I was so excited when I found out Netflix got the whole Seinfeld series. So every night I watch an episode of Seinfeld because it makes me laugh hysterically. And so, and so I'm, I watch it. And like, I always watch something that makes me laugh before I go to bed. I think that's healthy. And so then I go to bed happy and whatever, you know. So, so I just wanted to read some things. On joy. I've got some stuff on courage too. But then Matt started getting to the river songs and all that. And I was like, well, I think I'm supposed to go to the joy side of things. But I don't know. We can go to both. But I have, okay, so you may have heard these before because they came out years ago. And because they make me laugh hysterically, every so often I pull them out. And um, they're just super funny to me. To me. Maybe they are to you, but they are to me. So these went around email eons ago, and so they're called church bulletin bloopers. And so they're like, it's like they misspelled words, and so they came out really funny. So I'm going to read this list, and we'll just laugh if you want to. If you think it's funny, don't laugh. I don't need courtesy laughs because I just laugh if it's funny. So don't feel like I'm going to be sad if you don't laugh because... I think I laughed in my office before I came in because I think they're all hysterical. So here's, these are like headlines of announcements, right? Here's the first one. The fasting and prayer conference includes meals. (laughs) 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 I told you. (laughs) The sermon this morning is Jesus walks on the water. The sermon, (laughs) the sermon tonight, searching for Jesus. Our youth, our youth basketball team is back in action Wednesday at 8 p.m. in the recreation hall. Come out and watch us kill Christ the King. <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> one of my favorites. Ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. Bring your husbands. <laughs> The peacemaking meeting scheduled for today has been canceled due to a conflict. (laughs) Remember in prayer, (laughs) I got to move it up here under the light. Remember in prayer the many who are sick of our community. (laughs) Smile at someone hard to love. (laughs) Say hell to someone who doesn't care about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
let worry kill you off. Let the church help. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Miss Charlene Mason saying, I will not pass this way again, giving obvious pleasure to the congregation. For those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. (laughs) I'm in a big punctuation issue. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Next Thursday. Wait, where'd I go? Next Thursday, there will be tryouts for the choir. They need all the help they can get. <laughs> the rector will preach his farewell message, after which the choir will sing Break Forth into Joy. <laughs> Irving Benson and Jesse Carter were married on October 24th in the church. So ends a friendship that began in their school days. <laughs> Get it? Their friendship end because they got married. They're not friends. <laughs> Sorry, at the evening service tonight, the topic will be, what is hell? Come early and listen to the choir practice. (laughs) This is why I kept these. This is great entertainment. Eight new choir robes are currently needed due to the addition of several new members and the deterioration of some older ones. The church will host an evening of fine dining, super entertainment, and gracious hostility. (laughs) Potluck potluck supper Sunday at 5 p.m., prayer and medication to follow. (laughs) This is my favorite one. The ladies of the church have cast off clothing of every kind. They may be seen in the basement on Friday afternoon. (laughs) This evening at 7 p.m. there will be a hymn singing a hymn singing in the park across from the church. Bring a blanket and come prepared to sin. <laughs> ladies Bible study will be heard, held Thursday morning at 10 a.m. All the ladies are invited to lunch in the fellowship hall after the BS is done. <laughs> Meaning Bible study. <laughs> appreciate it if the ladies of the congregation would lend him their electric girdles for the pancake breakfast next Sunday. <laughs> Low self-esteem group will meet Thursday at 7 p.m. Please use the back door. <laughs> will be presenting Shakespeare's Hamlet in the church basement at Friday at 7. The congregation is invited to attend this tragedy. (laughs) This is so good. The associate minister unveiled the church's new tithing campaign slogan last Sunday. I upped my pledge, up yours.
there's more. So this is no, we are a non-offended group here. So is JR in here? This, these, are, these are, you know, if you're in a redneck church. <laughs> these are funny. They're funny. You know you're in a redneck church if people ask when they learned that Jesus fed the 5,000 whether the two fish were bass or catfish and what bait was used to catch them. <laughs> you know you're in a redneck church if the pastor says, I'd like to ask Bubba to help take up the offering and five guys and two women stand up. <laughs> told you we're a non-offensive church you were all (laughs) you know you're in a redneck church if opening day of deer season is recognized as an official church holiday you know you're in a redneck church if a member of the church requests to be buried in his four-wheel drive truck because it ain't never been in a hole it couldn't get out of (laughs) let's see oh You know you're in a redneck church if people think rapture is what you get when you lift something heavy. (laughs) Oh, this is good. You know you're in a redneck church if the collection plates are really hubcaps from a 56 Chevy. (laughs) You know you're in a redneck church if instead of a bell you are called to service by a duck call. Let's see. You know you're in a redneck church if thou shalt not covet applies to hunting dogs too. You know you're in a redneck church if the communion wine is Boone's and Farm Tickled Pink. Boone's Farm Tickled Pink. It's good to laugh. (laughs) It's good to laugh. Oh my goodness. You know, when he was, um, when he was, when I was watching that video Monday night, <clears throat> or the service, it was live, so it was a service, but he was talking, I didn't know this part about, if you're familiar with Kenneth Hagin, then he was healed dramatically um, of a revelation he got from God. But what I didn't know is that the night before he's healed, he, he was been um, meditating on what he had got from God. And um, he was, they lived in a little house. And so he, covered, I think it was only like 18 or 19 or something, 16. He, he, the house was real small. So he covered, he covered his head so that he wouldn't wake people up in the other rooms. And he just sat there and he started going, ha, 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 Until he started laughing. And he laughed for 45 minutes. And when he woke up in the morning, he was healed. I did not know that part. I didn't know that. But I like it. I like it. And so um, I'm just going to read through some of the joy stuff. Since we're on it. (laughs) Because um, I'm going to start with this one. Proverbs 17.22, a merry heart does good like medicine. That's what happened with Kenneth Hagin. He laughed and laughed and healing came. And so whenever I have a really, really, really good laugh, I'm like, I'm healed. I'm healed. And you can do that because it just says here, a merry heart does good like medicine. I think that's fantastic. He gave us such a fun way to get healed and to live life. So something's gone. There's some testimonies in this room. Yeah. But I'm like, how fantastic is that? Because I love to laugh. So the, the Passion Version says, A joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. There's nothing left out. I was thinking in worship about that scripture because I was like, the power of worship, you told me that you had heard this, the power of worship and singing is that it bypasses our thinking, right? Uh, yeah, where it comes from. Yeah, it bypasses it 
And so you can, and so you can receive from God. So there's, there's something about music, worship, all of that kind of stuff that bypasses everything. And he's given us this other weapon because joy is a force. And so, you know, you, joy is contagious. So if you get around somebody who's filled with joy, you can be filled with joy. It's just like if you get someone who's a downer, it can bring you down if you let it. But that's part of the reason why if we just maintain ourselves, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And so we can maintain ourselves with him in that arena. Then we can be the influencers to other people because the world needs joy. It truly, truly does. So it um, brings both healing to both body and soul. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. The message says a cheerful disposition is good for your health. Gloom and doom leave you bone tired. Bone tired. (laughs) I like that. Leave you bone tired. (laughs) Gloom and doom. (laughs) The Amplified says, a happy heart is good medicine and a cheerful mind works healing. And so... um, you know, medicine, medicine's a cure. Medicine is healing. So I've heard testimonies of people who have been in hospitals, like, bring me something funny to watch so they can watch stuff funny because there is a power of healing in it. I mean, it's right here in the word of God. I don't think we've tapped into that enough. I I really don't. Psalm 1611 says, this is the Amplified, says, you will show me the path of life in your presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Now, here's what's crazy. I actually looked up the word fullness because you'd think, well, it's full, right? You know what it means? One of the words it means is is satiety, like you're satisfied, like you're satisfied, like you go to eat and you're full and you're good and all that. And it also means abundance, abundance. So in your presence is abundance of joy. In your presence is I'm satisfied with joy. And then the word joy means, because if some people go, well, I never hear anybody in the Bible that laughed or anything like that. Well, God did and Sarah did. But anyway, they laughed. She laughed. But anyway, the word joy there, your presence is fullness of joy. The word joy means mirth, and it means gladness as shown by or accompanied with laughter. There you go. If you ever need proof to somebody, there's laughter in heaven. So there should be laughter on earth. Hmm? Proof text. (laughs) Proof text. It's true. Some people do want it, and that's okay. Yeah, you can, you can find it all in the Word. Absolutely. And then James 1, verses 2 and 3, um, in the King James, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So count it all joy. So I'm thinking, you know, I've always read that as, well, just consider it joy. I'm going to find my joy in God through this whole thing, which is true. But the word count actually means take the lead or govern over. That's huge. That means when you're in situations that aren't fun and that you really didn't want to be in, and you, it means take the lead and govern over your life with joy. Wow. That was an eye-opener. I, I had never, ever seen that before. And then it says when you fall into diverse temptations, that just means, you know, sometimes we think fall and we've, like, we've sinned and stuff. It actually means to be encompassed or surrounded. So you might just be surrounded by stuff that's no fault of your own. It's just circumstances that you don't like. So, and then um, temptations is just something that diverts you from God. You know, so it's not necessarily some horrible act that we did. It's, It's the temptation to just actually live in doom and gloom instead of live in the joy. That's a temptation right there. So, Count it all joy. Govern over ourselves with joy when we're surrounded in circumstances that we may not like and that want to divert us. If there's a temptation to divert us out of what the kingdom of God is about. 
that's a powerful scripture. The passion of that sort. So my brethren, count all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Here's what the passion says. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. Wow. Amplified says, consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. And let the endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Message says this, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. And if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believingly, without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. That's a powerful translation. It's funny too. Your faith life is forced in the open and shows its true colors. In worship, I had a picture of, it was like outer space. And um, I saw this big ball and then the big ball just like burst open and it was all these beautiful colors and stuff. And it was almost like confetti. It was like burst into like if someone threw paint and all these different paint colors up, but then it turned into like confetti and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting picture. But then it was the fun. Yeah, I was like, he, he just wants to have fun. Yeah. So I just took it as tonight, like, yeah, let's have fun. Um, But anyway, that's interesting. That brings out the true colors. And then... I'm just taking you guys through some some scriptures about this. So Psalms 2-4. Again, if you need proof to somebody... Um, Psalms 2, 4 says, Why do the heathens rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth, well, this is happening now. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He, the Lord, that sits in the heavens, laughs. The Lord shall have, have them in derision. He's laughing, but you know why? Because everything's done. It's all done. And so um, when you look up that word laugh, it actually means, um, it means to laugh, but almost almost like mockingly. Like he's looking at like, it's done. I mean, this is really, and it's the same laugh that Sarah did when she was going to have a baby at her age. And she, in fact, it says she laughed within herself. And God's like, she's like, I didn't laugh. He's like, oh, you did. Because he knows us inside and out. So he knew that she did. But it was the same laugh. So it was that mocking kind of laugh. Like, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. (laughs) That we do sometimes with different things. (laughs) Oh, this is what, yeah. Because you started singing that gushing song. You sing something about rivers and gushing. I was like, oh, yeah. So 1 Peter 1.8, 1 Peter 1.8 in the Amplified says this, Without having seen him, you love him. Though you do not even now see him, you believe in him and exult and thrill with inexpressible, glorious, triumphant, heavenly joy. And if you want the short to the point version, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So the word rejoice actually means to be exceedingly glad and to jump for joy. And it comes from a root word meaning that Matt picked up in the spirit because he sang that song. 
Um, It comes from a root word that means to spring up and to gush water. To gush water. So then, I know I'm throwing a lot of words, but I like words. So then I looked at the word gush, and it means to issue forth violently, a sudden outpouring. And if you look up words that mean the same, an outpouring, spew, rush. But if you look up words that mean the opposite, which I like to do, because it gives it a full picture too. So opposite of gushing is dribble, drip, and trickle. (laughs) I thought that was funny too. (laughs) Like a little dribble, a drip, a trickle, which is, I mean, really, it's like somebody having a 10% off sale. I mean, really, I'm going to buy anything for 10% off. Like, no, that's not even worth the gas money to go there and buy it. So it's like, even if I buy it online, it's not worth it. So it, so he gives it to he gives us himself in fullness. And so the full expression is an abundance of gushing, the water just flowing and spewing forth like Niagara Falls, if you want a picture or something. You know, just this massive thing that doesn't stop. It's not a trickle. It's not a drip. <laughs> it's not a dribble. <laughs> it's it's huge and in abundance. So joy unspeakable and full. Full of glory, full of his manifest presence. That's why, you know, when we get into, when we get into um, services or like me, I was watching online or whatever. He overcomes people to the point that they lose control. I mean, if we've ever been drunk or you've been around people who are drunk, you don't have, you lose control, you know, or at least you start losing your mind a little bit and you get, you know, you're just not normal, right? right. So, 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 and you're uninhibited. Yeah. And you're willing to take risks. And you're willing to do all stuff. And, and I'm like, that's, that's how he's called us to live, right? I mean, it's not like we're always going to be rolling on the floor, you know, when you go to your offices and stuff like that. But maybe you would. I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, it seems like, well, God wouldn't move that way. But then maybe that's why we haven't seen the fullest manifestation of him because we go, it's okay to do it here, but don't do it there. Don't do it when I'm at my friend's house when they don't know who you are and they think I'm crazy anyway. Don't have a move like that on me. Because we like box him into these different little places because we don't want to be uncomfortable. And that's where, back to the beginning, I just feel like we're in this transition time and we're in this shift where we have to get uncomfortable. It's like when Peter in Acts, when they, after they were filled with the Spirit and the Holy Spirit came upon him and they went out and people thought they were crazy because they were speaking with other tongues, other languages, and they looked drunk. And people thought they were crazy and drunk. <laughs> so it's like, And yet, 3,000 people got born again that day. And God moved, and the church started. The the called-out ones started. The ecclesia, the called-out ones, began. Because they were uninhibited. And just let it go. Let it flow. Let it gush. That's actually what happened in the upper room, is it gushed. And then... (laughs) And they were moved and let, <laughs> and let it go. <laughs> they were moved and let it go. And so, and so it happened. And so it's not like we're always going to walk around crazy or anything like that. But I just think, you know, <laughs> that, you know, one of the funniest things I thought, one of the funniest, because like, you know, the, the holy laughter happened like in the 2000s. And I mean, not it's happened all the time, but you know, there was a big push of it. And one of the funniest people was Rodney Howard Brown, because the man never cracked a smile and he would minister and people would roll out laughing. And he's just like, I don't think I've ever seen him smile. And he just, and, but the Holy Spirit just moved and flowed and that's how he flowed out of him. And it's in, um, you know, I just think that we just can't limit him anymore. And the, the things that are going on in our world that are so illogical and so upside down and so anti-God, um, you know, we, 
We need to live kingdom in, we need to live as supernatural beings, not in our fleshly selves because the flesh will send us down the wrong road. And so we have to stay in a place of kingdom understanding and what would Jesus do? How does the Holy Spirit want to move? Um, if we're really going to influence the world and joy is part of that. And, um, and I don't, I also think we can't underestimate just the power of, if you are with a coworker or you are at a friend's house and, and you just have a good, it doesn't have to be Holy Spirit laughter. You just have a good laugh. There's a cleansing that happens and it gets on the other person. There's something that happens. And I remember Pastor Barry would always have us at the beginning of service or after worship, before he's taught, whatever, he would say, shake the hand of the person next to you, shake a few hands. It wasn't just being friendly. He knew the power of touch. So he knew when you touched a person that there's something that got on them in a good way. You know, of, the, of God. He knew that the, like touch. And that's why he would shake everybody's hand. Yeah. He would make a point to leave early, go stand at the door so he could shake people's hands, touch them on the shoulder so that he could put a touch of God on them. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's all he got to do with that person that day, yeah. he knew. But that's where his faith was engaged. Right. It's all about where's our, where's our trust and where's our faith and, you know, how are we trusting God? So... Um, I don't know. Oh, longer than I thought. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if anybody, that's really all I've got, I mean, to, to share. But um, if anybody, you know, if anybody wants prayer, feel free to come up afterwards. Doesn't matter what you need, you know, whatever. Um, God's here and he's flowing. And... Um, Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, wait. Was there something else I was going to share? Oh, I got to share the last scripture. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before him. You know, if you've ever seen that movie, The Passion of the Christ, it's just a hideous rendition of reality. And probably not even as real as it really was. And um, and you, you, if you can picture that whole process that he went through and this scripture, I mean, none of us have ever gone through as hard as our lives maybe never went through what he went through. And, and never will go through what he went through to the extent that he went through. I mean, they said by the time he was on the cross, you could even tell that he was a human being. I mean, that's how bad it was. Yeah, you can tell his gender, you can tell anything. And, um, and yet, for the joy that was before him, and I got a picture one time that maybe he saw the cross, I don't know, for me, I pictured him seeing the cross and me behind it. And so I was the joy that was set before him for him to endure everything he went through for me. And he found it joy. There was something in him that there was this peace that was his impetus. Yes, he was being obedient to God, the Father. Yes, he was doing what the Father said. But it says here, the joy that was set before him, because he, he knew. Once I, once I do that, I'm redeeming, man, God, this is my call. This is my purpose. So I'm having to go through this in order to redeem everybody. And it was just like, I just saw myself standing behind the cross. And he's like, that's 
why I'm enduring this. And if you haven't seen the Passion of the Christ and you need a good picture of what he went through, I would watch it. I would watch it. And then imagine yourself standing behind the cross and he's like, it's all for you. So I can get you back to myself. It's very powerful. So we just thank you, Father, for tonight. I just thank you, Holy Spirit. I just thank you for all the ways that you move. You're, you're just like, you're a prism. You just, I can turn the word of God any which way. You can, you can move yourself any which way, and we get so many different things. We can take one thing and get many things out of it because there's just no end to you. So there's no end to who you are. And so it's just infinite. It's absolutely infinite what we can learn from you and what we can, how we can be friends with you and the relationship that we have with you. It's just all, it's, it can be completely, it's never the same. Yeah. It's never the same. And that's so amazing. And so I just thank you how you've moved through here and even through the hearts of the people here. And you've done something. I know that you have done something throughout the course of this entire night. You've probably done more than one thing in each one of us. But we just solidify that the way that you've touched each one of us, and even the people have had to leave, they got something. You touched them some way, somehow. And so we just thank you together and glorify you, Father. And we we just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you continue to speak to each one of us. On our drive home tonight, when we go to bed, I thank you for dreams. I thank you, Father, that you are increasing the prophetic dreams in this house and the people that come here, that you are causing us to grow. And and I just thank you for just angelic angels that just are surround each one of us. And I just thank you for just um, moves of your spirit with each one of us individually, whether it be a prophetic dream or whatever it is that we have encounters with you that we've never had before that the that the realms of the spirit are just opening up to each one of us to enter into a new phase if you want to call it that of relationship with you so we just thank you for all that you've done in each one of us tonight and we just thank you that you have sealed the deal and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. I want to share something. Oh, sure. <laughs> what, I, what I'm wanting to share, it's, it's part of this. But I, when I was in the training center in um, 1995 as a student, I was so, this one day I went, I went morning and night. And I was so exhausted. In this one quarter, I had nine books to read and a husband and three kids. And I'm going back at night. And this one day I came home and I was so tired. But this is what I want to encourage you. Don't let what happened tonight go. You may be at home and this may happen to you. So I come home from school. I'm fixing dinner to leave dinner for the family because, you know, Neil took care of the kids at night. And and I'm back at school. But I get home and I'm so exhausted. And so I fix the meal. I'm so exhausted I think I'm going to die. I'm thinking like I can't go back to school tonight. But I have to go back to school because it was just my thing with God. I'm not missing. And so I said, I lay down on the bed and I'm like, Jesus, I need to go to sleep. I, I need a nap before the kids get home from school. And so I lay down and I just about fall asleep. And I break out in hysterical laughter. <laughs> I mean hysterical laughter. But it wasn't like I thought this up. But I had been in meetings like this. We had, at that point in, in this place, whatever's going on with this mic, but whatever, we had had joy breaking out in different services in this house. And so I'd been in meetings, and I had had it there, but I was like, no, like I don't need this, Jesus. I need a nap. <laughs> and the more that I thought that, the harder I laughed. And I literally laid on our bed and laughed hysterical for over an hour. <laughs> And I got energized. Yeah. I got energized, and I, I go to the bus stop. I pick the kids up. I come back to school that night, and I'm fully energized. Okay, listen. And I get home, and I can't go to sleep. I'm so energized. But I say that because you may have sat here and got nothing tonight, except, you know, you got some laughs. But you may have caught something that God will use later for you. You know, like tonight may have been you got the prescription. 
take it when Jesus says take it. If it hits you when you get home or in the car or six months from now and something strikes you, he's going to do something for you. He's, it's, I believe stuff has happened tonight, but I, I share that because I had no idea it was happening to me in here, but when I needed it most, yeah. it broke out. Yeah. And after that, anytime it would hit in here, I was like, I'm drinking this. <laughs> if Jesus is pouring something out, I'm going to drink it. Mm-hmm. And so whether you understood or whatever, it's scripture, proof texts came all over the place. We say, well, but that means something different. I, you know, I was like that. And then you got a testimony too. We're sharing this stuff because these are testimonies of life. Mm-hmm. In, in church, we get this doctrine, and then we chapter and verse it, and we proof text it all over the place, and then we quench ourselves when it starts manifesting in a way that doesn't look like we thought it should look. Mm-hmm. So I'm just sharing that because there's a real intoxication. Mm-hmm. No judgment for any other intoxication you get, but there's the real deal. There's a real deal, and I'm telling you, you don't get no hangover. That's right. You don't get no, even if you don't have any sleep. I couldn't get to sleep till like, you know, wee hours that night, but I woke up the next day, fine. And I saw something about receiving what God actually gives. Okay, mine's really short. I was, I meant to share it one when we're like in prayer before the service. And when uh, Heather texted about the uh, watching that laughter you know, segment, so I was watching it, but that evening was like a thunder and rained. So I have, um, my daughter have, has a golden doodle. He, he, he's, his name is Dakota, and he turned two. So he, <laughs> he would get scared, and then he would run to, this is his new thing now, so he run to the bathroom upstairs and complete dark, and then hide it. So when while I was watching the basement, and then the the the, the laughter sound was so loud. So so I was sitting there and enjoying my moments and laughing and texting with the Heather. And then my hands got so oily. I was like having really fun. I was enjoying myself. And then all of a sudden, I saw like Takura just ran down from upstairs, and then he just put his nose on the TV, watching like this, <laughs> and start wagging his tail. And I thought, like, God, you're so good. And it taught me, I mean, it's funny, but it taught me lessons. Like, okay, when there's a laughter, there's, like, even the dog, Mm. (laughs) even the dog, (laughs) since the presence came down and put his nose on TV and started wagging his tail. Like, oh, God, if, if that was me. You know, when I hear, when I sense the atmosphere, would I run to yeah. a place like that and then yeah. just put my nose into like a screen where the laughter coming out? And yeah. if I had, a, you know, like a tail, I, I, I probably wag it <laughs> in the presence of God. But anyway, that's all. You know, that's yeah. a teaching yeah. moment. Yeah. 